This call-in, which was really great, presented me with ample opportunity to stare at majestic sand dunes for several moments, which turned into like, I don't know, maybe like an hour. And an episode this short really shouldn't have taken me this long, but I spent a lot of time ooing and eyeing and wondering how fast I could get to Western Australia. Specifically to Nambung National Park, which is two hours inland from Perth, which is on the western coast of Australia, and is home to a number of marvelous flora, fauna, and these somewhat freaky-ass limestone uprisings. So the pinnacles, as they are known, are basically these ten-foot-tall stone projections that are coming out of the desert and sort of make this particular piece of the park's landscape look a little bit like how every sci-fi movie ever has depicted Mars. <laughs> Although they are quite clearly of and on Earth, it does look a little otherworldly, and I'm guessing that to walk among them would also be quite a bizarre experience. But each year, upwards of 150,000 people do. But it wasn't always like this. Even though these things have been in the Australian desert for millennia, we didn't know about them until fairly recently. And of course, it didn't take long for them to become a tourist attraction, but I digress. So these limestone pillars rise up from the ever-changing with the wind sandy dunes of the desert, arranged in such an erratic yet somehow grouped way that it appears not so much that they are something, but that they were at one time something. And when they were first discovered, and the earliest records of this are uh, from Dutch explorers that make note of them going back to at least the 1650s or so, it was assumed that they must have in the remnants of some kind of lost city. But it wasn't until several centuries later in 1820 when Philip Parker King kind of discovered them again as those earlier records hadn't really gotten that far and anybody who knew about them had long forgotten about them by then, that they became part of protected land. They didn't become part of the National Park until the 60s, and that was sort of when everybody started to know about them and would go to visit them. Now, when I say people didn't know about them for a long time, what I actually mean here is that white people didn't know about them for a long time, because the Aboriginal tribes had quite an established relationship to the desert and everything in it, which included the pinnacles. In fact, as lore between two rival tribes went, the stone formations were believed to represent enemies who had been caught hunting on the other tribe's land and were taken out by the Lords of Dreaming, which is part of what anthropologists refer to as dream time when talking about the Aboriginal belief system, which, side note, I would really love to do an episode on, but I really want to find somebody to bring on to talk about it. So if you're an anthropologist or you know one, let me know. Anyway, in the same way that you might say that clouds look like, I don't know, an elephant or some other critter, many of the stones have been nicknamed because of how they're shaped. And they're all shaped quite differently. So there's like the turtle and the sea lion, and even one that appears to be the shape of Casper the Friendly Ghost, which would be my favorite. Now, it's not like they're man-made sculptures or anything. They haven't been carved out of the land by anybody. The pinnacles were shaped over the course of many, many years by the natural processes of Earth namely a lot of wind. <laughs> As for the specifics of how they form, there are at least three theories. The first proposes that they are essentially what's left behind of a much larger area of limestone that was just severely weathered over time. The second states that the protrusions are actually casts of trees that were once on the land prior to the point at which it became totally desert. And the third is a bit similar to that. Basically, it says that 
they're kind of like fossils from root systems or what they call root casts of plants that were once growing there. And the sands of the desert now are very rich in calcium, which came from the marine shells that would have been scattered about back when it was all still ocean. And as the landscape changed and evolved over the course of millennia, going from ocean to something more lush and green to drying out to a desert eventually, the manifestations and assemblage of all of that calcium in one way or another left us with the pinnacles. Now, according to the park's website, the best time to go visit is between August and October because that's when it's not too hot. And apparently there are plenty of tame kangaroos that you can approach, though I personally would not because aren't kangaroos capable of like extreme violence anyway? If anybody's been there, definitely call in today and tell me about it. So it's going to go on my vague and perhaps unattainable list of places that I'd like to visit. But for now, I'm quite content to just scroll through the Instagram hashtag because, wow, it sure looks weird and beautiful. <laughs> <laughs>